episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series, MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Wells. And today we'll be tackling Season 4, Episode 12, The Challenge. The original air date for this episode was February 27th, 1989. It was directed by Dana Elkar. Yeah. It's his first of two uh, that he'll direct. Um, he's not actually in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was written by Chris Haddock, who will write uh, four more episodes after this, um, including The Invisible Killer, which is the second and last Dana Elkar episode. Um, directed. Ren- yeah, directed episode. Um, Renegade, Ceasefire, and The Treasure of Mako. Um, and Chris Haddock is also the creator of a show called The Da Vinci's... Or it's called Da Vinci's Inquest, mm-hmm. which I've never heard of. I guess it's, yeah. I think it's potentially a Canadian show. It had 91 episodes, but that will factor into the credits of one of the actors that we'll discuss later. Yeah. Um, why don't we discuss this episode in brief? Um, well, in this episode, MacGyver works with a small boys, local boys and girls club. Right. Amidst it being shut down because people see it as a haven for crime and drugs. Right. It goes off the rails from there. Yeah. <laughs> because I would think – I think in this episode – no less than four or five times, I stopped and went, oh my god. Yeah, there's crazy stuff in this. And I really feel like Mr. Elkar may have been gunning for some kind of an Emmy. Mm-hmm. And I think Chris Haddock was as well. This seems like like, just the darkest possible episode yeah. of this show. It, because the way it starts, it's like... I, MacGyver's like, I always help out at the at the Boys and Girls Club, helping yeah. him fix equipment. You think, okay, this is going to be about him connecting with some youths. Um, it's just going to be like, oh, you know, we don't like you, MacGyver, because you're, you're old. And it's like, no, oh, I can be like – what was the the other one with the, with the kids in the plane crash? Right, uh, uh, Final Approach. Yeah, Final Approach. That's what I thought this was going to be. Yeah. I was like, okay, you know, it's it's okay. We can yeah, have these kinds of – Final Approach in an urban environment instead of a rural. Yeah. Yeah. Or the, the, the other one, the one with Tammy Lauren. Uh, yeah so i thought but you know i was like okay i'm down with this so macgyver's repair slash inventing uh i guess i guess you would call it a skiing machine yeah it's some kind of exercise equipment yeah it looks like he built it for someone his own height yeah so when the the person who operates the establishment Mm -hmm. uh booker wilson comes Mm -hmm. to to use it, and he's like a foot taller than MacGyver. Yeah, it's very <laughs> he just awkward. Looks really silly trying to use the thing. Um, and uh, it's it's like a I guess it would be like a Nordic track would be the yeah, best the best like that. yeah because yeah. yeah. it's got it's got two two levers that actually also work as pulling the foot pedals, but you're supposed to like just be moving all of them in conjunction yeah. with each other. Um, the actor playing uh, Booker Wilson here is Michael D. Roberts, who mm-hmm. um, he plays Vern in Rain Man who was like the caretaker for uh, Hoffman's character. Okay. Um, there's the scene. Every, every time something goes wrong at the hotel, he's like, uh-oh, V-E-R-N, V-E-R-N. <laughs> like he wants Vern to come and fix everything. Um, he also played Roscoe in Ice Pirates. Yeah. Have you ever seen Ice Pirates? You know, I have never seen Ice Pirates. I, I would love to do a marathon of all of the Stuart Raffle movies because he, he directed Ice Pirates. He directed Mac and Me. He directed Mannequin 2, and he directed uh, Tammy and the T-Rex. <gasps> Tammy and the T-Rex! <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, if, okay. I need you, to see Tammy and the T-Rex if, again. If you guys are unfamiliar with Tammy and the T-Rex, I'm going to describe it for you, and you'll think I'm making it up, and then you'll go look up the trailer. 
Actually, I'll put the trailer in the show notes. Yeah. Tammy and the T-Rex. Okay. Paul Walker, Denise Richards, high school students. Denise Richards is the popular girl. Paul Walker is like a nerdy guy. Um, he has a crush on her, so he approaches her, but her boyfriend gets upset about it. So he and the other bullies from the high school take Paul Walker, throw him into the lion exhibit a, at a local zoo <laughs> where he is mauled to death by a lion. Um, then a crazy doctor finds the corpse, takes the brain out of it. The doctor is played by the guy who played Bernie in Weekend at Bernie's. Mm-hmm. And he takes the brain and he puts it in a project that he's been working on, which is a giant robotic T-Rex. <laughs> and the whole rest of the movie is about the robotic T-Rex trying to reconnect with the girl that it had a crush on <laughs> when it was a human. And the whole time you think, okay, well, I know how this is going to end already. They're going to put his brain back in his body and he's going to go back to being a human. Nope. They spent the whole movie trying to find his body so that they can do that. And then when they find it, it's so badly decomposed that they decide instead to leave his brain in like just a jar a petri dish. And uh, the last scene of the movie is Denise Richards doing a strip tease yeah. for the brain after dumping a glass of alcohol. wine over it. Because <laughs> that's how it works. Yeah. It just goes directly to your brain. Yeah. So, Tammy and the T-Rex is ridiculous, and everyone should go look up the trailer right now. Mm-hmm. The trailer spoils as much of the movie as I just did. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, it's... It's, I didn't ruin anything for you. It's just as magical to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Michael D. Roberts, the actor who played Booker Wilson, will also come back uh, for a much later episode of MacGyver, um, season seven, episode six, Walking Dead, which is the zombie episode. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think there's actually any zombies in it, but it deals with... Well, it, it, it's it, yeah, it, it's and, voodoo. Yeah. MacGyver gets a, a voodoo lady neighbor, right? Uh, so that, that's when the show starts to get weird. Yeah, um, yeah, and uh, so he's he's basically running the place with his wife Cynthia, mm-hmm. played by Roxanne Reese. We'll who, we'll be repeating. Yeah, yeah, she comes back as this character a couple more times, including next week, um, and she's she's trying to get ready for. They have to like go to a, city, a community city. center meeting mm-hmm. and and explain the the good that this club is doing, or else they're going to get shut down. Yeah. It's their fifteenth anniversary. They also are looking to get some uh, tax funds, right? Like some money to help fix up the place, right? Um, we meet a couple of the other people there too. Like Rico is a like a local kid who's like training box boxing training. Yeah, and I guess he um, wants to be an Olympic boxer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't know if we see her yet here, but there's another girl working here named Darlene, um, who was played by Suleka Matthew, and she this is her first credit in anything, but she will go on to play one of the main characters of Da Vinci's Inquest, which is the show created by the guy who wrote this episode. Right. So I guess he may have just remembered her from when they worked on this, mm-hmm. and been like, I'm going to give you a job on this other show. Yeah. She plays Doctor Sonny Raymond or Raman in 66 episodes of Da Vinci's Inquest. Uh, so meanwhile, while, after we kind of had this short introduction to the club, uh, we meet Cuba Gooding Jr., Ray, who's just exiting this local print shop and hopping into a van and starting it up as the owner of the print shop, Mr. Larson, just comes running out and says, hey, what are you doing in there? You get out of there. He's stealing my van. And, and at first, like, uh, Ray, Cuba Gooding's character is like, huh? 
Like, he's so confused. But then other guys start coming out with bats and sticks, and they start wailing on the van to try to get him to come out. So he he just takes off. Yeah. Like, he, he, he starts up the engine and takes off. Um, and Larson sends his, uh, his two cronies after him. There's a couple suspicious things here. Firstly, yeah. that... Cuba Gooding Jr. very nonchalantly got in the van. Mm-hmm. Like, just matter of fact, like, okay, let me get in. Mm-hmm. I have the keys. I'll start it up. Yeah. Secondly, that when the guy comes out and says, what are you doing in there? That he says, what? Yeah. Like, like as though the guy just asked him to get in there. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, what? And then thirdly, that for some reason, the guy that runs the print shop, not upset at all about these two guys beating the hell yeah. out of his car with baseball bats. I, I had so many directions that I thought that this was going to go. Because I thought, like, okay, I thought maybe he is stealing the truck because I'm racist. <laughs> and uh, I was, and they say, he's stealing the van. That was Larson's, like, uh, yeah, reaction. Yeah. I was like, oh, there's something valuable. They're, like, counterfeiters because yeah. he runs a print shop. Yeah, and, well, and the I'm, last time we saw this particular van was uh, in Rock the Cradle when mm-hmm. it was full of paper from the mint yeah i was like okay there's some kind of counterfeiters and there's incriminating evidence and he's and he's stealing it um but then when larson gets up to the window and goes you better get out of there boy and i was like oh man i just figured out what this episode's about yeah this is getting this is getting racial uh larson by the way played by michael mccray who we had as gantt in Mm -hmm. the eagles episode previously yeah who who in that in that episode was an escaped convict hiding yeah uh dead set on helping millionaires kill endangered species because <laughs> that's what you do when you're in hiding yeah. really high profile in animal crimes yeah um and he'll come back as paul stamps in blind faith i'm assuming another bad guy but yeah who knows yeah. um so ray leads them on a high-speed chase larson signals a like a local police officer to take him says, some kid stole my van and uh he immediately heads back to the challenger club and I think this is the first time we've seen it at the exterior, and it's it's just a boys and girls club. Um, yeah. I don't know how national boys and girls clubs are. Are they national? I, I don't really I think know. So. I mean, because I mean, well, they seem to be international. There's yeah, one in Vancouver. Exactly. Then, I mean, I went to one here. In mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like where we are, I know that there. Were, I always thought it was like more of a small thing. I didn't realize it was like a huge deal. Yeah. Because it seems like in the '80s and '90s, there were commercials for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because always had the hands coming together, right, and that, yeah. that's that, that's their logo. But I think that actually was a, a boys and girls club location. That yeah, shooting yeah I'm sure it must be. Yeah. Um, but um, I never see anything about them anymore, so I don't feel that's I don't true, I yeah. don't know how active they are anymore. Uh, but uh, so he, Ray just heads right back to the Challenger Club, and which was the worst thing you could have possibly done. Yeah. I would have just abandoned the van somewhere nearby, and ran on foot rather than bring the van directly there. Yeah. Uh, but as Ray runs in, the two goons kind of like follow him and head in. And so MacGyver is like forced to stop them. Yeah. Like saying, Hey, what's going on here? And it's like, well, we're after that kid and this isn't your fight. Yeah. And it's I mean, like, it's nobody's fight. It's nobody's it's fight. No one's fight fighting right now. And uh, the police pull in mm-hmm. luckily right then. And, uh, and so Larson says, you know, that's the kid who stole my truck. And, and Booker is trying to defend him. He's like, but wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on. What's What happened here, Ray? Tell me what happened. And Ray says, why? So you could turn me in instead of telling him what happened. Yeah, exactly. Like, had he told what happened, then there would be reason for them all to be taken in. Yeah. Like, not just Ray. And, and Ray was taking a step toward the police 
and Booker stops him to say, wait, now tell us what happened. Yeah. He says, why? So you can turn me in? It's like, I just tried to stop you from turning yourself in. Yeah. But if you're not going to tell anybody your side of the story, then go to jail, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you would if you would have just said something that along the lines, the police officer would have had taken them all in, he wouldn't have been booked because this would be yeah. a dispute. Right. Like, there, there's more to this than just, I stole yeah. a van. Um, and not admitting or denying it. Yeah. So they all go down to the police station together, obviously, to defend Ray. And, and Larson goes down to the police station also, though, to, to fill out an official report. Right. Uh, he's not being accused of anything at this right. point. And Booker has a good relationship with the local police and a particular detective, Detective Jenkins. Right. Um, who, who seems to be – or I'm assuming she's a, a detective. She might be a social worker with yeah, the police. That's possible. Um, they, we never get her rank or anything because yeah. she's also like in plain clothes. Um, and she says that Ray needs to be released into custody. And uh, Booker can't take him because he's already got like a dozen kids that he's taken in into custody. custody. Yeah. And he's uh, like, who could I possibly get to – and then he stops. And, and looks at MacGyver. MacGyver. MacGyver's like, what? No, what, what were you going to say? No, finish your sentence. Finish. You don't, don't leave me hanging here, man. Uh, and uh, but, but I think it's also kind of like, look, if you're going to ask me this favor, you're going to you're going to ask me the favor. Yeah. I'm not going to just assume it. Yeah. Like, because then you've trapped me. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lawyer trick because Booker Wilson is a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> He's trying to get you to accuse yourself. Uh, <laughs> uh, so MacGyver then agrees to take custody of Ray. And uh, when they have, like, their first encounter, it's like, hi, I'm MacGyver. And he offers to shake his hand, but Ray's just like, nope, not having any of it. He says, I'm told that kids like me. (laughs) Once they get to know me. Once they get to know me, he's like, well, I'm not a kid, and I don't like you, (laughs) and I don't plan on getting to know you. And he's like, well, still checks out. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) You're not a kid, so it doesn't apply to you. Dang, I thought I was good with kids, but I guess guess not. Uh, So... Larson now comes out of the police station and very loudly reveals his plan to his crony. Yeah. Like, I want you to find that kid and scare him off. Yeah, and even a police got... officer like walks out of the police station. You think, oh, he's going to like casually walk away or be quiet. Yeah, he's going to be, he's going to be done explaining his plan out loud. Nope. Just keeps going. Just keeps going. Make sure he runs and keeps on running. Yeah. Uh, so at the club, Ray refuses to open up to MacGyver about it. even though MacGyver is really pressing Ray's excuse is that he won't understand because he's white. Right. And that he plays by what he calls white rules. Yes. And, you know, they're really hammering home, like, the racial separation. Um, rightfully so, although MacGyver seems to be a little naive yeah. about the situation. MacGyver seems super naive for the whole episode. Yeah. It's kind of troublesome. Like, it's at a- the time, this was probably a really progressive episode. Mm-hmm. But, like... Considering the fact that things are still bad, like, today, yeah. like, for them to have thought that in, like, 89 that racism was over and mm-hmm. that, that black people just didn't realize it is kind of frustrating to yeah. watch. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I mean, I think they were trying to make MacGyver more endearing, but I think watching it today, it's yeah. kind of like, no, that's really irresponsible for you to think. Yeah, and, and he's just, like, trying to make Ray seem crazy for thinking that white people and black people live by different rules, when yeah. they totally do. Yeah. And um, so MacGyver's just trying to make it clear, like, no, 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 you just don't get it. Everything's equal now. Like, yeah. everything's wonderful. I'll, sh- I'll show you. I'll yeah, show you. I'll show you. Go outside and play some basketball. Yeah. 
and uh, get threatened by some white people. Yeah, and and yeah, and that happens. So Larson's guys come up, and they they grab. Well, the basketball rolls away, and they they grab it, and say, "This is what I'm gonna do to your nappy head." And it's like, oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> like this is like those moments. I said, oh and my then he God. jams a hunting knife into the basketball and almost stabs himself in the in hand. hand. Yeah, he deflates it, and so Ray just runs off. And he's kind of got an awkward run. Yeah, he worked on his run before Jerry Maguire yeah. came out, so he could be a believable football star. Yeah, his, his run reminded me of Scott's run in Austin Powers. <laughs> kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's very awkward. Um, but then uh, Larson's guy is like, keep running until you hit Africa. It's like, oh, they're God. really just, they're really pushing it hard. And, uh, and, so now, like, MacGyver comes back out. Like, another kid goes in and says, hey, there's trouble outside. Um, and MacGyver just finds the deflated ball. Right. And, and there's no evidence of anything, except this other kid saw the two guys who came yeah, to the club and earlier that ball. day yeah. and accused him. I mean, they... Uh, there's it, a witness here. The, yeah, it, there was a situation where they could have been building a case against the two... At least those two guys, yeah. Um, so... Uh, so MacGyver heads back in and finds Rico training and asks where Ray might have gone. But Rico's kind of, I don't know if he's kind of like protecting Ray or trying to help him out by saying, hey, I don't know where he is. Like he doesn't want to narc on him. And then MacGyver says, if you don't help us, they're going to shut the club down. Which yeah. I don't know how he's making that connection already. Yeah. But then he says, uh, you're not going to be able to learn how to box on the streets. Except because street fighting is not only a video game. Yeah. Uh. And uh, so he kind of tells them where his old uh, Ray's old gang used to be, which um, I think they show the name of the gang out it on the streets. Thirty two Mad Dog. On, yeah. Like a poster outside the, which I think they're like the Thirty Second Street Mad Dogs. Or yeah. Something like that. But um, I don't think they say it out loud. Yeah, they they never say it. In fact, I don't even remember them ever really saying the leader's name. But I think it's Breezy. Breezy. Yeah. yeah. Or Breeze. Yeah. Um and. Uh, so MacGyver heads Which, over there. If I remember correctly, Joe Catano is going to shoot this guy. Yeah, shoot, shoot, shoot the, the breeze. breeze. That, that narcotics dealer. <laughs> uh, he's going to make Tommy listen. Yeah. What if I call you sometime and shoot the breeze? Hey, uh, Tommy, you listen? Bang bang! <laughs> they come across. You hear that? Uh, so their their main hangout is like a local pool hall that I guess. That they either own or are just squatting in. Although yeah. the pool tables seem like they're pretty maintained. Yeah. Um, maybe they've just scared the owners into letting them hang out there. Yeah. Uh, or maybe they're just respectable pool hall. Yeah, that could be. Customers. But they're also dealing drugs out of there. Right. And Breeze is already like... Just bags of crack everywhere. Yeah, and Breeze is already yelling at one of his uh, guys, like saying, you're supposed to sell it, not smoke it. Yeah. Um, and He's got the kid up on the, on the pool table and he's shaking him with the yeah, collar. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it's, I feel it's important to note that we do see other white people here. Right. Yeah. Like, um, and for some reason when MacGyver comes in, they're like, you can't be here. There's a moment before that though, that, that cracked me up when Ray walks in and Breeze looks up and he goes, Oh, didn't expect to see you here. I haven't (laughs) seen you around. And, and. (laughs) <laughs> it, it's very clear that Breeze is like the alpha dog like guy in charge of all these yeah, people. Yeah. He doesn't take orders from anybody. And Ray walks in and he's like, oh, yeah, I haven't seen you around. Like He's trying to intimidate him already. Mm-hmm. And Ray's like, 
come here. Come here. Come here. And he like waves his hand towards himself like, oh, come here. It's, just, <laughs> it's such an awkward motion and it just feels like, and wait, like this guy was calling you out in front of everybody and you're like, oh, come over here. We're going to have a conversation. Like, what? No. Can, 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 can you come over here? <laughs> and uh, so he followed the order that yeah, was given yeah. and he, they have a side conversation. About getting a gun. Right. Um, he says that, does he mention here that, that the the club is in trouble and that he's been threatened by these people? Or yeah, just, I, I think he just, he just says, says that he, needs a gun. he just said he needs a gun, but Breeze isn't willing to give it up without him like making some money for him. But Breeze is a total pushover here. Yeah, he's like, it? hey, you can have a gun when you buy one with profits that you make selling my drugs. Yeah. And then he's like, how about you just give me the gun? He's like, and I'll sell drugs later, maybe. He's like, all <laughs> okay, right, all right, here's your gun. You know what? That that's, <laughs> he just hands him a gun. As long as drugs are getting sold, I guess yeah. I win either way. Yeah. Uh, but and then MacGyver walks in. Yeah, and that's what interrupts the transaction because Breeze is all you're with the man. Yeah. Then you're not here at all. Yeah. If you're with the man, then you're alone. Uh, and so, you know, Ray's like saying, MacGyver, you can't be here. And it's like. You're what not is it cool here? Yeah, it's not cool, man. It's like, what do I have to do to get you off my case? And so MacGyver challenges him to a game of pool. Yeah. We're, we're kind of like going back and forth now between the city council meeting and uh, and Booker giving like this really impassioned speech about that we, ha- we do have bad kids. Right. Kids from bad homes who are living bad lives. They're... They're mad at the world. They're mad at you. They're mad at me. They're mad at the world they see. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're mad at the lack of opportunity. Like he's, it's just, it sounds so much like a deaf poetry jam. Yeah. Um, I also noticed, I don't know if you, uh, on the, the courtroom, uh, I wrote it down. The, the seal of the courtroom says courtroom fabricatio. <laughs> Does it really? Yeah. And I was like, what? And so I looked it up. It's like, yeah, it's because it's fake. It's yeah. a fake courtroom seal, yeah. and they just put it in Latin to think that, like, they pretended they like, just used Fabricatio. So it literally says courtroom fabrication. Yeah. On the wall. <laughs> wow, I did not see that. Because I was trying to see what state seal it was supposed to be. Yeah. Like if it was supposed to be California and things like that. Um, yeah, it says courtroom fabrication. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, I thought it was pretty funny. And we're cutting back and forth from this impassioned plea from Booker to MacGyver just totally schooling Ray. Yeah, in, in pool. pool. And, and it, it calls to mind the the Amish community mm-hmm. episode where we're cutting back and forth from the dinner table to the guy setting all the explosives. Yeah, but it's yeah. not as powerfully charged because they're two very different, like, there's they're two very different scenes, like... He's, he's giving this plea, and he's trying to make all these really good points, and then we're cutting back to just MacGyver playing pool. Yeah. Like, th- there's nothing interesting about the pool scene for this yeah. to be cutting back and forth, too. M- MacGyver even, like, just keeps bringing up physics, and reaction yeah. creates a... Re- every action has a reaction. Uh, and basically telling... He, he keeps bringing up that Ray's not looking towards the future, and I feel like that's not Ray's problem. Yeah. I don't feel Ray's problem is that he's not looking toward the future. It's that, that he's not being trustworthy. He's not putting his trust in someone. Yeah. And it's also that he's, like, giving up hope on, on being able to, like, win anyone's. Yeah. Like, nobody believes anything that he says. Right. So after Booker gives his speech, Larson gives his version of the story. Right. Which 
he starts with and he immediately gets racial with it. He says, These people and Booker's all, What do you mean these people? Yeah, like, like they, how they, come there are no white kids at your club? And, Which and we saw that there that were. They they went through like every like what are the different ways that, that people describe the two sides of this argument and they were like, Well, there's the minorities and the majority yeah. and so he's like, He represents the minority. I represent the majority. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, as if to cover up, like, I'm not talking about black people versus white people. Yeah. I'm talking about hardworking citizens yeah. that don't want this in their, in their city. I and have like, all these like, signatures. I represent hardworking citizens, white people. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and they get into an, a pretty big argument. Yeah. Um, and uh, finally, the council kind of just kind of calls an end to it and says, okay, well, take your petition and your, your point of view into consideration. And they're about to call a vote when MacGyver comes in with Ray. Right, because he won the pool game, and mm-hmm. so Ray has to at least speak at this um, this hearing. And yeah. he tells Booker, I think we should have Ray say something. And Booker's like used to normal Ray, so he's like, yeah, yeah. maybe we don't have Ray say anything. Because yeah. last time Ray didn't say anything. and It and, got worse. Yeah. Um, but he, I feel he must have already told MacGyver what happened. Yeah. For MacGyver to go, you should let Ray speak. Yeah, and then uh, Phillips, who is, is the guy heading the hearing, says, all right, well, if no one else has anything else to say, and then he says, uh, excuse me, Chairman, I think uh, I think Ray here should, should yeah. say something. And, and Booker's like, uh, MacGyver, <laughs> what are you doing? Booker's like, all right, well, it was a good run. <laughs> 15 years we had. Yeah. Um, and uh, Ray gets up there, and I, he's not really familiar with how the proceedings go, so mm-hmm. at the very beginning, he just kind of starts into a story, and then yeah. Phillips is like... And you say your name for the record. Slate yourself for the <laughs> for the record. Um, and he says, I'm, I'm... What does he say? Ray Collins Jr.? Yeah. <laughs> it just made me think of Clifton Collins Jr. When yeah, he but he's also Cooper Gooding Jr. Yeah. He's, he's always a junior. Yeah. Um, and then he starts to tell the story that you know, he's been going to this club and that it's it's helpful for people, but that this morning he went to the print shop looking mm-hmm. for a job. Yeah. And Larson keeps interrupting him saying he's lying. Um, yeah. He's lying to save his skin, which this isn't a courtroom. Yeah. He and, still and, has to answer for those other charges. And this has nothing to do with the charges. Like, this isn't about that. This is about the club and whether or not it's a bad influence on the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And and right now what he's trying to do is discredit the credibility of of. The Larson character, <laughs> but 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 also just to show that he's willing to come forward mm-hmm. and speak, he's not hiding. He's coming out to to at least tell his version of the story, yeah. which is is a noble thing. Yeah. Um. If but, but, whether or not you believe him or not is up to you. Yeah. But Larson is trying to make it sound like Cuba Gooding Jr. is on trial, and this is his defense, and it's like, yeah. no, this has nothing to do with that yeah. crime. Yeah. You're, you're, there's still going to have to be telling you what happened earlier today. Um. So, the council goes into their vote, which is a very public voting. Well, he he tells the whole story first. Oh, which is yeah, that, sorry. Yeah, that he that there was a help wanted sign in the window, and then he went in and said, "Hey, I noticed the help wanted sign," and that Larson said, "Yeah, we don't need anybody," probably because he was black. Yeah, and he said, um, "But Booker taught us that we should be persistent and that we mm-hmm. shouldn't put up with intimidation." So I was I was thorough, and I said, "No, look, I'm serious. I'm a part of his program for, you know, getting helping, serious work and kids and getting real jobs and getting you know employment." And this perks up Larson's ears, and he's like, yeah. "Oh, really? You're a part of that program? Well, you know what? On second thought, maybe I do have a position for you. Can you drive? Yeah, drive this van around the back. 
then you're done. <laughs> yeah, that's your whole job is to get in the van, drive it in around the block and pull it up around the back so that we can load it up. And as soon as he got in the car, Larson came outside and said, hey, he's stealing my van. Mm-hmm. And at the whole time, Larson is getting louder and louder with his interruptions. Yeah. Um, this isn't true. Everything He's just lying. He's lying to save his skin, which it's like, even if everyone believed what he was saying here, it would have no effect on the charges against him. Yeah, yeah. Because these people aren't deciding that. So They're, it doesn't save his skin. Yeah, this is only deciding whether or not the club stays open and gets funds. Yeah. And he even says in the middle of it, like, I'm sorry if this screws up the club to yeah. Booker. Because he's like, like that. I wish I hadn't done this, but I really didn't do anything wrong, and I'm mm-hmm. sorry if this is this is the nail in the coffin on this whole decision. Yeah. And then it goes to a vote. Where right. People have to decide basically whether or not they believe Ray's story. And and the vote is very public. Like, right. Yeah. It, it, it indicates your name and what you voted yeah. right there. It's like it's not like a public re- record that you have to go and look up. But oh. I feel like it should be in these kind of cases. Mm. Like I understand that it's like for the most part voting is supposed to be a private thing, but. If you're like an elected official, your vote should be public. Yeah, absolutely. People should know how you decided on. Well, they, I mean, and they are. I mean, they yeah. are public vote. But I think like the right then and there, like your name is associated yeah. with how you're voting. It's, just, it's not like they do it later and then he just finds out the the actual because I feel like that would affect the vote too. Yeah, that people would be like, even if they didn't believe Ray, they would be worried about looking racist, and mm-hmm. so they would vote for him. But. Um, Two of these people aren't worried about looking racist. Yeah, <laughs> they vote against them anyway. Yep, um, um, but the but they do get the three out of the five. Yeah, and then MacGyver's like, "See, look at that. You got." It, it turns out they believed you. Mm. And an ordinary episode of MacGyver would end on this yep. moment. That would be the end. This they saved the club. Frame. Yeah, the Ray Collins was the challenge, and MacGyver turned him around. Yep. Nope. There's more. There's, there's so much there's, more. There's so much more, but. If this had been where the episode ended, it would have been really bad because yeah. it's just so offensive to be like, oh no, look, people will listen to you and everyone is on your side. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is tell your side of the story. And it's like, that's not how it works. Yeah. Nope. And and that's why I feel like the second half of this episode is totally necessary to be like, you think this is where it ends mm-hmm. if you have a have a totally flawed idea of how the world works. Yeah. But that's not where anything ends. So Larson, defeated by this council meeting, returns to his print shop and just immediately starts pulling drawers open, pulls out a gun, opens up another drawer that has bullets in it. Starts loading the gun. Yeah, starts loading it. And then one of his henchmen, who I think is named Smiley, Smi- yeah, Smiley. in IMDb credits, um, comes up and says, uh, Well, how'd it go? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how did things go? I'm, I'm not being given any visual indication of how things went. Um, and he says... You know, something has to be done. we got to stop this. And then he says, yeah, you know what? I'll track that kid down. No, not the kid. Booker. we got to go after Booker now. And then he's like, he makes it sound like he's going to do it. And he's going to make mm. the change. And he's finally going to take this action. He's like, no, what what has to happen now is we got to stop Booker. So that's what we're going to do. Here's my gun. <laughs> yeah. He hands it to the guy. Well, is like, it, and I love Larson. He's like, he's like, that kid called me a liar to my face. It's like... You are a liar? You lied to his face? <laughs> um, and he's like, and, he's, and he says, they believed everything that Spade had to say. It's like, oh, man. Yeah. It's just really getting harsh with this stuff. And it gets so much worse. <laughs> uh, so. He hands the gun to Smiley yeah. and basically says, you go kill Booker, essentially. Yeah. And so the two goons, uh, basically Booker's driving out his car. I don't know how they know 
where he is. They must have been following him for a while. Yeah. But he went out to get groceries or something at some point. Mm-hmm. They catch him on his way home or back to the club and rear-end him. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as he gets out of the car, one of them sneaks around the front of the car so that they can be on both sides of him. Yeah. And they both have pillowcases over their heads. Yeah, with eyes cut out. hammer home like, no, 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 these are like cartoon racist people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and as soon as he comes up to the car, he's like, oh man, it doesn't look too bad. Is anybody hurt? Yeah. And then they're like, not yet. Yeah, they, they, they threaten him with guns. He tries to get away and they just, they beat him up a little bit. Yeah, he and actually knocks the first guy down and almost gets away from the second guy. But then yeah. he, eventually the two of them overpower him. Yeah. And so they throw him into their car and drive off, leaving Booker's car and the damage and some evidence. Like they throw something under his seat. We didn't get to see what it was yet. Right. Um, so now at the club, Ray and Mac uh, are kind of like just reading some books together as first like a detective walks in and then another police officer. And we just hear Cynthia like start crying. Yeah. And, and immediately MacGyver's like, let's go check this out. Yeah. <laughs> as if they weren't going to. Yeah. Like, let's go check let's this out. Let's just give her her space with those <laughs> two police officers. Um, and uh, yeah, so they found Booker's car. Evidence that there had been an accident. Blood. Blood. Blue paint chips. And uh, broken headlights. Yeah. And also this bag of crack. <laughs> yeah, this bag of crack was under his seat. And I, I really like the, this, this moment because the police officer says, we found this bag of crack underneath the seat of his car. Mm-hmm. What does that mean to you? And she says, well, there's no way he would ever let someone with crack into his car. Yeah. So she's already saying somebody put it there because mm-hmm. he would never let someone with crack into his car. But I love that nobody even insinuates that it was his. Yeah. Like they're just like straight up like, well, I don't know where that could possibly have come from because no one with crack would ever even get in his car. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so Mac asks Ray to do some investigation, which I think is both dangerous for Ray yeah. But also, I thought that this was going to be, like, leading into the Coltons. Right. Like, this was going to be, like, Ray's training as an investigator. Right. Um, but, but we know his name is Ray Collins Jr. Yeah. But he will come back later as Billy Colton. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, the brand of this crack is Rocket Brand. Yeah. Uh, we've got a picture of a little, little cartoon, kind of Zithroy-like rocket. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, so he says, you know, go see if who's who's selling Rocket Brand out on the streets right now. Um, and uh, so Ray goes back to Breeze, who's kind of like doing like a, a deal out on the street. Yeah. And Breeze says like this kind of, first you want a gun and no product. Now you don't want a gun, but you want product. Yeah. And, and he tries to like convince Ray to sell and Ray just throws this cocaine back in his face. Yeah. And he says, you know, we used to be tight like brothers. Yeah, used to be. It's like, I don't want to get him free of this. Booker got me free of this. Yeah, this, this is, is just this slavery. Is like, yeah, this is a new slavery. And, and he says, you can keep working on this cocaine plantation. And I was just, damn. Yeah. And, and this hits Breeze really hard. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's like, I never, oh, I never like, thought of it that way, yeah. and now you're, you're starting to make a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, he says, but I'm, I'm going to be free. Uh, and, uh, and, and this is when Breeze decides again, all right, I'm going to help this guy. Mm-hmm. And he just says, does he tell him here that Rocket Brand is 
usually sold by the demons? Or? Um, we we haven't seen that yet. Right. Uh, okay. But we actually, I don't I don't I don't think we see it at all. But Breeze knows this and tells him after we cut away from this. Yeah, um, because we immediately now cut to Larson with Booker. Booker chained to the ceiling. Yeah, he's strung up in this like derelict building that's mm-hmm. like covered in graffiti and everything. And and Larson Larson's goons like come in with their hoods. And Larson says, just that's says, not that's not necessary. He's not going to tell anybody who yeah. we are. Which, he seems so sure that the indication is very clear what he plans to do in here. Yeah. He says, you got a slick tongue, Booker. Yeah. You got, you're not going to be making any more speeches. And Booker just says, come on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he just says, killing me isn't going to close the club. You can't yeah. murder an idea. And then, then we... Cut away. Yeah, yeah, we cut away. Even though, yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Dark, dark scene. So MacGyver and uh, the boxer Rico are hitting the street. They're kind of like asking this homeless person if he's seen anything. And that's when Ray runs up. Runs up. Hey, look, I figured it out. I figured out some information. Mm -hmm. This particular crack, Rocket Brand, is sold by a gang called the Demons, but they haven't sold any in a couple months. Because the supplier got busted. Yeah. Uh, so MacGyver asks, well, where's their turf? Like, let me, where can I go to talk to him about it? Right. And I guess they split up and search different areas because Max says, where can we go? But when MacGyver arrives, he's by himself. Yeah. Um, and the warehouse that he's outside says the demons all over it. Yeah. But they clearly don't reside here anymore yeah, either. there's nobody in the building. Well, yeah, there's nobody in the building. Yeah. Um, so MacGyver kind of sneaks in looking for signs and... He finds Booker chained to the ceiling and facing away from him. Yeah, and thinking that maybe he's unconscious, he and not wanting to like if there's people around, didn't want anyone to hear him. So he goes, Booker, Booker, like, and he comes up to the body, <sighs> and he turns the body, and the camera follows the back of Booker. So as, we never see what MacGyver sees. Yeah, but MacGyver, when he's when he's facing Booker, looks like he's about to throw up. Yeah. He he backs away and he's just, like, just horrified. Like, yeah, this is like they set MacGyver up as being so naive this whole time, and I feel mm. like this is him coming to terms with, oh my god, like yeah. this is what we're up against. I had no idea that Ray was right this whole time. Yeah, and he MacGyver goes into the hallway and he's like, why, why? And he he's just crying and punches a hole in the wall. Yeah. Um, and and there's no music. There's no like fade out horrifying like even sad music it's just silence right as it cuts to black and as far as we know this is as dark as the episode's gonna get but it actually gets worse it gets worse because we don't know what macgyver's looking at here yeah all we know is that booker's not alive Mm -hmm. but we don't know if he got shot in the face or if he got his throat slit or what yeah it's we're like we it's bad so much worse than i expected though still so so we come back and the police and the coroner are arriving. Uh, Cynthia is, is crying in MacGyver's arms as they wheel out the body bag. The covered, yeah. Yeah. And and Cynthia like holds the body that uncovered covered. You yeah, know, yeah. we never we never see the body uncovered. And uh, and so the, the lead detective yeah. says, you found the body, right? To MacGyver, and he says, yeah. And he says, why don't you come with me? Yeah, they take him back inside the room because he wanted to make sure that MacGyver didn't touch anything. Yeah, he says, you didn't touch anything but the door. And the wall outside. And the wall outside, and he says, that's correct. Although he did touch the body, too. But... Yeah. Um, and so 
the the tech the detectives like saying looks it, like a drug killing. Yeah, because and he says, you know what they call what they did? A Colombian well, yeah. necktie. He says what what they did there was called a Colombian necktie, and it means that this is a drug related offense. Yeah, they and for, a Colombian necktie yeah. is the darkest thing yeah. that it will ever be on MacGyver. The, it, I don't know. Do we, do, should we say it? The, I mean, if you're not aware, a the, Colombian necktie is literally when they would slit a person's throat under the jawline and pull the tongue out of the hole so that it's dangling yeah. to, to resemble a necktie. Because your tongue, the muscles of your tongue go way back into your mouth. Yeah. It's, it's you know, you, you don't get an impression of just how long it is until yeah. it's, it's just hanging out. But yeah, it's... Oh, I can't even imagine... So See, that's what MacGyver was looking at when mm-hmm. he turned his body around, which is insane. Uh, and and so, you know, MacGyver, the detective is still holding on to the theory that this is drug related and that maybe Booker was trying to get some money together to save the club by selling crack. Yeah. But uh, MacGyver, on the other hand, is sure that this is a setup to frame mm-hmm. him and make the club look worse. Yeah. And uh, it, I was doing some research about that particular method of killing a person because um, I was pretty sure I knew the origin of it, that it was Pablo Escobar would do that mm. to people. But apparently that's like a misnomer that he was the one who originated it. But it was it was a thing that was done by drug kingpins in Colombia long before Pablo Escobar yeah. was doing it. But he did do that. But um, I also ended up reading, apparently that was part of the O.J. Simpson defense case, was that... Um, was that Nicole Brown had been killed by drug dealers because of the, method the state in of which... her body, which was she had received a Colombian necktie, yeah. and that that was a clear sign of of drug dealers, which I don't know. I don't even know for sure if that happened. I actually tried he... to find like the autopsy report and couldn't find any Yeah, I, I, I never heard anything like that about it. But, but it, it at least was brought up in court that they said, now, would a normal person do this to their ex-wife, or, mm-hmm. or is this a clear indication that it's... But I, I couldn't find any evidence that that was actually what happened to to her. Yeah. But um, but that's insane, and it really doesn't feel like a MacGyver episode. Yeah. Once, this once is... you hear those words. Um, and there's still more stuff that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So MacGyver asks if he can have the label off the bag of uh, crack that they found. He's like, sure, we don't need any evidence. Well, well, because they, they found bags of it. Yeah. Um, so they have more than one. Yeah. And the detective seems kind of genuine. Like he says, "Can you prove it?" And even though he's, he wants him to prove it, he doesn't, yeah. it's not like he's saying like, yeah, prove it. He's yeah. like saying, if you have evidence of it, then yeah. that's great. Cause that would be good. Um, so MacGyver takes the label and like the detective puts it on a sheet of paper for him. Yeah. And meanwhile, we get a cutaway to, uh, three like gang members all wearing kind of like a, I guess you would call it a uniform. It's like plaid shirts and jeans. They're all blue though. Yeah. They're all blue with bandanas. These are the demons. Yeah. And they, they're talking to Ray inaudibly yeah and they give him something and then ray heads over to macgyver and he's telling him i just you know we met with the demons um they gave me a bag of their an, an empty bag yeah like he doesn't make it yeah empty bag what the rocket brand used to come in and and the demons are willing to cooperate because they they realize that they're being set up right and this is they don't want more police on them yeah. for a murder because they, they're dealing crack yeah <laughs> It's much easier to deal crack than murder. Let's help these crack dealers out by yeah. getting the cops off their tail. Yeah, perfect. Um, and uh, 
and they said they knew you were here. And MacArthur's like, how they know I was here? Because they have people watching. This is their turf. They have spotters everywhere. At which point, MacGyver should have said, Did you see? They have spotters everywhere who notice the second people are in town. Did they see anyone come out of this building covered in blood yesterday? Yeah, exactly. Or have there been three 40 year old white guys buying crack recently? Yeah. Uh, I also started to wonder because that, my first thought was like, if they haven't been selling this stuff in months, where did they find a month old or several month old empty bag of crack mm-hmm. with that they could photocopy the label of? Yeah. Unless they've been doing this for a while. Mm. Like Booker's mm. not the first person they framed for the demons. Yeah. Oof, man. This episode's got a lot. Yeah, it's got layers. I don't know why they would have those bags of Rocket Brand around unless they had been doing this since months ago. Because, I mean, if you're going to frame somebody, you need to put some thought into it. This all seemed to happen, come together really fast. Yeah. Like, too fast. Yeah. Because they not they only... knew the demon's turf. They, they knew what the they, labels looked yeah, like. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's a lot that went into this. Yeah. Uh, so MacGyver runs a kind of, like, makeshift comparison of the labels that they look identical but he, they actually look like maybe they're slightly different sizes. Um, I thought that they were angled differently too, and which they are on the paper, but they seem, I don't know, they didn't seem to be identical, but I guess, I, yeah. they are. Um, but MacGyver takes some uh, rubbing alcohol from a first aid kit and just, he does it on the, the demon's version, which is a photocopied, so it's got toner. Yeah. Um, and so the, it doesn't rub off. But the one that they found on Booker is ink because the ink starts to dissolve when the alcohol yeah. hits it. And uh, that's when they realize it must have come from a professional printing office. And so they immediately... We know someone who runs a print shop. Who hates Booker. Yeah. A and lot. people in general. Yeah. So they decide to go head over to the print shop. He, he tells Ray, go get the police detective and have him meet us at the print shop. Uh, I'm going to break in through the yeah. rear entrance. <laughs> I'm going to break in... Don't tell him to come in guns blazing. Yeah. Uh, so MacGyver makes his way to the back of the print shop where Smiley is being told to dispose of uh, Evidence. the blood-stained like work clothes that they have. Yeah. And uh, so he puts them in a barrel and starts dumping gasoline, which I feel would destroy the blood evidence. Just, but, just the contact with gasoline would not th- have been lit? I, yeah, I think so. Or, well, it depends on how much of it actually gets submerged in the gas. Yeah, that's true, too. Uh, and uh, and before he can light it, MacGyver just kind of sneaks up on him and goes, remember me? And punches him out with his one-punch yeah. you know, knockouts, but then tosses his body into a dumpster. And locks it shut. And locks it shut. And... I don't know if we come back for this guy. I think this guy just gets taken out with the trash. Mm-hmm. Time to take out some trash. And then he sees the second guy coming yeah. down with a big stack of papers in his hands. So he goes and he climbs under the stairs, mm-hmm. reaches through between two of the steps, and then grabs the guy's ankle uh, as he's coming down the stairs. And he falls head first yeah. onto the steps and continues to roll onto concrete. Yeah, he lands like on the top of his head yeah. on the step. And it's... He's dead. Yeah. There's no way this guy is not dead. Yeah. And so MacGyver even goes up to give him the punch. <laughs> like, yeah. I gotcha. Oh. Oh, it, I think it, you're dead. It honestly reminded me of the beginning of Diamonds Are Forever when James Bond is just murdering everybody. Yeah, trying yeah. to find out who killed his wife. And he's just like, just freaking out revenge, hate, just mm-hmm. 
punching people left and right and just destroying everything. And then he tries to, yeah, grabs this unconscious body like he's going to hit it again. Yeah. And then he realizes what's on top of this stack of papers that he was carrying down the steps. Yeah. So, yeah, MacGyver finds the newspapers that have been freshly printed. They land face up as if, like, they've been just delivered to a local paperboy. Yeah. White supremacist, like, propaganda magazine yeah. with a Hitler youth on the cover. Yeah, it's like it's, a newsletter of white supremacists. It's like, you, you, I thought we were done. Yeah, I thought <laughs> these guys had gotten as bad as they were going to get. And, and it turns out they're, they're even, like, long-term, like, promoting yeah. this, getting other people into the culture of... Yeah, and, and there's going to be more. <laughs> there's more worse stuff that's about yeah. to happen. Um, like... I don't know how this episode could get any more, like, serious. Yeah. Um, so MacGyver makes his way in and kind of egotistically, like, throws the newspaper into Larson's lap. I mean, if you think about it, really, the reason he owns a print shop is so that, like, he hates black people so much that he went into the career of owning a print shop mm-hmm. so that he could publish his own newsletter. Because if you don't own your own print shop... You can't print that stuff. Like, yeah. You can't walk into a print shop and be like, can I get 1,200 copies of this on mm-hmm. like, Goldenrod, please? <laughs> uh, no. Go away. No, you can't. So, that's insane. Uh, so, yeah, he confronts him, uh, Larson about it. And Larson's all, did you read it? <laughs> yeah. I'd rather flush it. I'd rather flush it. Which, uh, no, you wouldn't. You'd burn it. Yeah, you don't Say burn it. it. You don't want to flood. This is going to be. You're going to have a nightmare. It's going to cause a lot of problems with your pipes. Um, and, uh, so Larson's all, they're not going to believe you. They're going to believe me when I say that you broke in here and I shot you yeah. on my own property. And I, I actually don't think that they would believe him. No, at this point. they didn't even believe him when he said that Ray stole his van. Yeah. Why would they believe him when he says that a guy who up until now had no criminal record and worked for a government agency broke into your place and you shot him in mm-hmm. self-defense? When you told the police to come there. Because Although you had evidence. It wouldn't look good for MacGyver when they found the two corpses in the back. But, yeah. Um, he doesn't know about that yet. So. <laughs> they have plenty of time to get rid of those bodies. Yeah. Uh, so MacGyver gets into a struggle with them, of course. They, they kind of wrestle around with the gun. The gun goes off just as p- the police and Ray arrive. Yeah. Luckily, no one gets shot. But MacGyver I, does wrestle the gun out of his grasp. Yeah. And he doesn't just throw it away like he normally does. Yeah, MacGyver grabs it, doesn't wield it as a gun, which we've seen him do. Yeah. But he holds it in a in a punch motion, like he's going to use the metal of the gun he's as, as gun brass punch. knuckles. Yeah. And he's in like the same way that Joe Catano gun punched. His yeah, nephew his nephew. Week. And he's like, "Why? Why are you doing this?" It's like, "Oh," because he starts laying out the N word. Yeah. I mean, this is as on-the-nose racism as you're going to yeah. get from network television. He just says, Why did you kill him? Because he's black. Yeah. That's, he... that's literally his answer to the question. And, and the detective arrives to hear the, all this confession. And then he says that he hates, and then he says N-words, and then he says that they should be drowned at birth. Yeah. And this is when MacGyver loses his... Yeah. Like, I feel like there was definitely a draft of the script where... He point he cocks the gun, points mm-hmm. it at the guy. Like this is as close as MacGyver's ever come to shooting a person. Yeah. And then Ray comes in and says, No, like stops him. Yeah, brings him back. Yeah, because he's taught Ray now to be the voice of reason. And mm-hmm. Ray brings him back from the brink. And you know, so MacGyver just pushes him over towards the detective and says, Get him out of my sight. 
And and Ray and Mac have a moment. Ray says, I loved Booker too, MacGyver. Yeah. And uh, the it's like, I don't know how you even like recover. Yeah. Like I'm emotionally drained at this Just point. Just talking about it. Um, and in the end, they try to do like a thing. It, they it, go back to like their 15th anniversary party. Yeah. Cynthia's like all cheery. Even mm-hmm. though her husband was just murdered. Murdered like yesterday. Such a gruesome way. Yesterday. Um, MacGyver brings in a pool table that the Phoenix Foundation d- donated. Which he calls a, a physics lab. Mm-hmm. Because every action has an equal and opposite reaction. Right. Um, and as we see, Ray is now at one of the exercise machines teaching Breeze how to use it. And Breeze looks over at MacGyver, and MacGyver kind of, and Breeze kind of gives him a shrug, like, eh, you know, yeah. anyone can turn around. Yeah, but we, I kind of felt the whole time like Breeze was a bit of a good guy. Yeah, it's a, it, he. We're not terribly surprised to see him in the club. Yeah, um, if anything, he probably got kicked out of his own gang for being such a pushover with yeah, Ray. It's just giving people like drugs and guns on layaway, <laughs> like <laughs> as long as you promise to pay for this later. Mm-hmm. Uh. This episode, man, wow. Yeah. I, I I was blown away by every moment of it. And I'm almost scared to watch The Invisible Killer now, which is the second team up from Dana Elkar and, and yeah. the writer of this episode. Yeah, this is just such a crazy episode. Yeah. It's good. It don't I, I mean like I'm not no, saying it's crazy like good. it's it's just it just keeps pushing and pushing and pushing. And but I really did appreciate that all the naivety that's set up in the beginning of the episode is totally paid off at the end. Like, yeah. No, MacGyver, this is what the world is. Mm-hmm. And you didn't know about it. And that's part of the reason why at the end, Ray is the cool headed one when MacGyver's yeah. like, I had no idea people were this terrible. I'm going <laughs> to kill you. And Ray's like, I've been dealing with these people my whole life. MacGyver. Yeah. Like he's not the first person. He won't be the last. And you're mm-hmm. right. We can't, you can't just murder this guy for, for this. He needs to be, to go to trial he needs to get, yeah you know whatever the law says is is what's important here yeah but um yeah crazy crazy episode i don't even know what to say like yeah. really it's it, the episode speaks for itself i mean you, you've listened to us talk about it but you should watch it it's it's definitely good. yeah this is this is probably the most important episode so mm-hmm. far but super dark um but uh the challengers club is not done Right. We, we, we will get a couple more episodes with them. Including next week. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and Roxanne Reese comes back as Cynthia. Right. She'll come back as Cynthia next week and, and again after that. And as we said before, uh, this is not Cuba's last episode of the show either. He'll come mm-hmm. back for three more as Billy Colton, who is the younger brother of Jesse Colton, who we had in Ma Dalton, mm-hmm. um, played by Richard Lawson. And uh, and another Colton uh, to coming, coming later. later. Yeah. And... Uh, I really feel like even just watching the episode that it makes sense to me that Cuba is one of the people from this show that went on to win an Oscar for acting. Yeah. Cause his performance is, is flawless mm-hmm. the whole way through it. And even, even just with the delivery of, of a one word line, which could have been delivered of any number of ways, but him saying what in the yeah. van, like just the way he says it and the, the face that he makes mm-hmm. totally like, I was, I was, I was as confused as he was, but I was, I was so sure already that this guy told him to get in the van and to drive it. And is now suddenly changed Mm -hmm. his mind. Like I got all of that just from the way Cuba says, what? Like the, just the face that he makes totally sells 
the whole story and you kind of understand what's going on before he even has to explain yeah. it. Yeah. But, um, and that's always kind of a, a narrative problem in movies when, the, when someone comes out at the end and says, no, let me tell you my side of the story now. And it's like, you had an ample opportunity to tell your side of the story yeah. before you waited until now just arbitrarily. But I know that that's just how some stories have to work. For, right. Right. Uh, to follow the structure. But, um, but it's a good episode. Um, I feel like, I don't know if, if the Columbian necktie is overdoing it mm. or if it's necessary to be like, no, we need to get in people's faces yeah, about this. This this is, that that was necessary, I feel, but maybe, just maybe so much. Maybe the fact much. that he doesn't spell out what it, what it means, mm-hmm. so that would protect the viewers at least who have never yeah. heard of it and didn't know what it meant. Well, and just the reveal, the, the non-reveal reveal is so devastating. Yeah. Uh, it's like, how bad is this that you, you're just seeing MacGyver's reaction? Yeah. That that's as good as you're going to see yeah. and you gauge how bad it is from that. Yeah. The fact that MacGyver is brought to tears and almost throws up instantly when he sees it. But um yeah. Whew. Dark episode. Yeah. Um next week's episode is a little bit better. A little bit. <laughs> uh, it still deals with child prostitution. Yeah, and 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 abuse. Yeah. Child abuse. Um, like physical abuse, not yeah. sexual. Yeah. Which is a relief <laughs> um, because there's there's parts of the episode where you think it's going to take a much darker turn out like yeah really after last week come on yeah but um but yeah um so yeah tune in for that runaway week. runaways or uh, the uh, runners runners yeah um and we also touch on uh macgyver's past a little bit more in that episode too, mm-hmm. so. but we'll get there when we get there yep um if you guys have any thoughts on this episode you'd like to share you can find us um, on Twitter at Opening Gambit. You can find us on Facebook.com slash Phoenix Foundation Podcast or our website, Phoenix Foundation Podcast.com. And if you're digging the show, feel free to review us on iTunes. Uh, tune in next week. We're going to be covering Season 4, Episode 13, mm-hmm. Runners. And thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you.